remote or not, any organization can benefit from this. And I don't think there's any difference into the way a distributed sales team or remote sales team operates and functions successfully than any other organization that has the same team in office. There's another kind of black swan event out there. It is a net positive for society and remote working globally. You've earned it. You do great work. We trust you. You can work from home. You need to be flexible because you need to be ready to capitalize on it. Technology infrastructure is paramount for success in a distributed team. You're reachable and you're doing your work. That's all that you need to do. Welcome to a special edition of the Talent Economy Podcast, Top Tal's Rise of Remote series. I'm your host, Paul Estes. We're in a time of unprecedented change on a global scale. In many ways, it feels like we blinked and suddenly the future of work is now. The remote work trend has accelerated 10 years in just the past few weeks. Over the next few episodes, I'm going to interview key leaders at TopTal to get a behind-the-scenes look at how the world's largest fully distributed organization can help guide companies through these challenging times. Today, I'm joined by Mike Dahan, VP of Sales at TopTal. He's responsible for working with small businesses and mid-sized clients to find them the talent they need to succeed. Mike shares his insights of what he's hearing from small businesses around the world and the insights that he can share with them from his time at TopTal. Mike brings over 20 years of experience in management, sales, and operations from his time at Morningstar, Boston Consulting Group, and Goldman Sachs. This is Mike Dohan. I'm the VP of SMB Sales at TopTal. Before we get into the work that you do at TopTal and, and how you're working with small business clients, especially in this time of unprecedented change, Help me understand your previous roles at Morningstar and others that were in more traditional and on-location environments. So when I was at Morningstar, I was heading up teams of your more traditional field rep that would live in their territories, be close to their clients. So in a sense, they were a distributed workforce, but certainly not with the same kind of connections that you'd see in an organization that was much more remote. So leading the teams there was really about keeping connectivity to the, the folks in the field and trying to make sure that they felt connected. So I've lived that world where you've been in the home office, yet your team is not in the home office and, and heard many of the struggles over and over over the years about what makes that challenging and what's really required to, to help that type of team be successful. But generally, I have been in the home office. I have been close with corporate, been close with leadership. And generally, the leadership was all in the same building. So you could pass them in the halls. You could see them at the, the water fountain. You'd have live you know, in-person meetings where you could read body language and really see what's going on with your audience. And that certainly was was a, an area that I was grown up in. And it's certainly an area that I developed my sales leadership in an on-site and office environment. There's one of these famous social media memes that says, your company's not remote. And then they say, well, yes, they are. And they talk about sales. So sales is sort of the, the front line when you talk about people living in their territories and, and being close to their customers. What were some of the challenges that you heard from your team throughout your time of managing distributed sales force? Isolation was one of the top challenges in field sales. And not in the sense that they're lonely. Folks that were hired into field sales roles were very independent very capable of working very successfully with clients on limited interaction or limited need for interaction with the home office. As long as you could get 
messaging to them, materials, vision. Those are the most important things. But at the end of the day, when something's happening in the home office, the field reps are generally the last ones to know about it. And the, the, the request has always been to, hey, I'd want to be more connected with the home office. What's going on over there? Who said what? You know, there's a, a culture of just maybe missing out. And some of that is due to the fact that they're living in their territory. Some of it, quite frankly, is due to the fact that they're, they're spending their time with clients and not in the office, you know, talking with their neighbor or coming up to speed on you know, the latest developments of the latest you know, product enhancement that's coming out. They really are, had been uniquely qualified to be in the territories, be remote, but the remote concept was really about how independent they could be and how much, I guess, or more, more precisely, how little information they could work with in order to be successful. I'd imagine that sometimes that was helpful. I mean, having worked most of my career in headquarters where there is a lot of people figuring out what the strategy is and reacting to things, and there's a lot of noise and very little signal by design, that's actually kind of helpful to have the salespeople focused on their customer needs. Well, sales is a process. And to be a successful consultative sales individual, you really do need to understand how all the pieces fit together. While you can bring a message to a distributed sales team, you can bring a vision to them. In order to connect closely with the client, there is a little bit of understanding of the composition of the message and the pieces because you never know what part of your vision or your message is going to resonate with your client. There could be various pieces that you want to connect with them on and knowing a little bit more about the build and the thought behind either a vision, a message, a product offering really enables and and arms the, the salesperson to resonate with their client, connect on a various level of a, of a needs-based assessment, and can really help that relationship grow with a very strong foundation. And so while the details of how we got there from A to B may not be the most important, knowledge of that journey can really help any salesperson with bringing your client along that same journey so that you end up at the same aha moment. Before I get into the the specifics of what you're learning from a top-tail perspective, in the past four weeks, we've faced really unprecedented change. And in particular, that is focused a lot on small business, whom I would imagine is struggling to weather this out as compared to some of the, the larger corporations. What are you hearing from your clients? Well, a lot of our clients are saying, help. Help us with this transition to a remote workforce. Help us understand what this means. And a lot of it is just the uncertainty as any business is experiencing at this point in time. And uncertainty leads to delays of decisions. It leads to really introspection and and trying to determine what is the next step and what is the next best way for me to proceed in order to both weather this storm and how to come out on the other side stronger. And oftentimes that involves outside assistance. And from our standpoint, our clients are really looking to us to help them understand how they can switch from an in-office immediately to a remote, remotely distributed workforce without losing a beat. And there are various first steps that need to be taken that are vitally important. 
I think what's going to end up happening is that a lot of these clients are going to understand and recognize that it maybe it's not as challenging and difficult as they thought to have a distributed workforce. Now, it is very difficult to go from zero to 60. Certainly, TopTal didn't go from zero to 60. We kind of started at 60, if you will, right from the get-go. But it's taken 10 years of, of learning and mistakes and refining. And our clients are just scratching the surface. So the better that we can help them figure out how to get started, that is where they're coming to us. They're not necessarily coming to us for the next freelance talent to help them with their next project. They're looking for guidance and counseling as to an organization who's done this very well for a very long time as to how they can get started and how they can keep their heads above water. And that's just something that we have very valuable insight into and is directly beneficial to building a strong relationship with our clients from, from here on out. It's something that we have the history and the know-how to really guide and aid our clients in something that's very troubling to them, regardless of whether it results in a new revenue relationship. At the end of the day, our, our clients are struggling and they need every assistance they could get. We have thought leadership in this area and it's really something we can provide to them. Yeah, we're all, we're all in this together for sure. And I think what resonated with me when you were talking about the 10 years of trial and error that TopTal has put into understanding this way of working, when I started working with the company, I guess you know, almost a year ago, I relied on that expertise to accelerate 20 years I spent working in big tech, going to offices and working in a very traditional way. And all of a sudden, now I'm working with the world's largest distributed company. And it was a very different way of working, but it wasn't jarring. It wasn't, I, I think, as challenging as I thought it would be. The number one thing I hear people say besides isolation is communication, right? If, if you're not in a physical building together, communication breaks down, whether that's the water cooler conversation or, you know, hey, after the meeting where all the magic happens and things are actually decided. As you're managing your distributed team, how do you make sure that all the information from flybys and those other passing moments is still captured and you still get the value out of it? So the key for the distributed workforce is actually through communication and tools are vital to that. And coming from the in-office workforce where your email was there, or you lift your head up and you kind of shout over the aisle or you walk by and tap somebody on the shoulder, you can model that. You can have the ability to have conversations through both Slack and through Zoom. Those are very valuable and powerful tools to keeping connected. And what you notice probably, Paul, yourself, when you come into the distributed environment is that you had a much better way of, of threading your conversations and organizing them and, and not having an inbox of email that you had to attend to at the end of the day to make sure it was clean. Because quite frankly, we don't really use email here. I know that because when I started, I, I tried to say, well, I use email and I was communicating. There's actually a member of the team that would take emails you know, cut out a picture of them and put it in the Slack channel <laughs> until, <Right>. I, <laughs> until I, you know, was trained in the new wave. And then to your point, after that, I rarely ever go back to email unless I'm, you know, connecting with somebody who's not on, on the Slack environment with me. Yes, because you get instant efficiency because your brain gets rewired in a way that is more conducive to how your day can operate. And 
the hardest challenge with email is that it's hard to organize it and put it in the right subjects and the right boxes and you have to actively go look at it. But when you've got threads that are topical that you can respond to and leave notes and thoughts and folks can then asynchronously get back to those notes and thoughts and respond, then you start working collaboratively along the path of not having to drop everything in order to focus on, okay, I need to make sure to respond to that email appropriately and get all my information there and the startup cost of doing that. Your switching costs are a lot lower to going into a Slack channel and writing up some notes. And then by the way, hey, if you happen to be online, let's have a quick Zoom, let's chat about this for four minutes and move on right to the next thing that, that we need to do. So you're able to be very collaborative. The communication then comes through both not in the, the subjects and the topics, but the ability to put emojis and emoticons and, and other lighthearted type of messaging surrounding your, your typed messages that really convey a sense of personality, a sense of emotion, and quite frankly, having a little bit of fun when you're communicating in the office space. A lot of what you do when you, when you sit next to somebody and you, you see that, that individual, you can get a lot of personality through Zoom. When you see somebody on the, on the other side of the screen, it's just like them being there. You really don't lose a beat. You know, People say, hey, Mike, you're at home all the day. You don't see anybody. And quite the contrary, I see people all day, <laughs> literally all day I am on Zoom and I see people and I'm re- interacting and reacting with them because especially in my profession and sales, the visual contact is important, the body language, the commitment of focus that you get out of a live meeting can be reproduced through a Zoom call. And wow, with all the benefits of not having to fly out there and spend time coordinating everybody's schedules and delays and transportations and time away from home, you can replicate that model right there through the screen, whether it's with a client or certainly reproduce that in-office environment that you're used to in a physical location. One of the things that was interesting to me in in my journey is when I connected with people on Zoom, which I, like you, do all day long, so I don't feel that I'm lacking in personal connection, is that I'm now talking to people in their homes. In many ways, when I'd go to the office, we'd all be in the same environment. But here I'm connecting with people in their living rooms or in their backyards. And it felt very different in a lot of ways, more personal that way, which was surprising to me because I thought, hey, now I'm talking on video. It's because of the lack of physical proximity. How do you feel about those sorts of experiences? That really brings you closer to people. I mean, when someone's got a, an electric guitar hanging up behind them, you're never going to know to ask, hey, do you play the guitar? Unless it comes up in conversation or they're really passionate about it. And sometimes people don't bring their passions to work, even though they're hired because they have passions. And you don't hear about them. You don't get the, the opportunity to know somebody more you know, deeply as a person. And you certainly get that opportunity because you see hobbies. You'll see pets. You see children. The new norm, you know, we always refer back to that BBC interview, right? Where the, the child comes in during the, this global BBC interview. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I look forward to a, a time where it's not a problem that the UPS truck showed up. It's not a problem that there, a dog was barking you know, outside at the fence because it is going to be the new norm. And I look forward to a day where it's acceptable and understood and you don't have to hide the fact that you know, your four o'clock delivery just showed up. Right. So that certainly you know, changes the, the realm of the, of the communication. And really getting back to seeing people in their environments, is it, it 
humanizes this communication layer where normally if you're on the phone, you don't get that sense. You know, even in sales, traditional field sales, even if you're running sales from the home office, you're on the phone, you don't get any of that. You don't get the feel of the atmosphere, the feel of the environment. You don't get a connection, same type of connection that you do when you've either physically in the office and by proxy with remotely distributed organizations, seeing that environment really does bring the connection a lot closer. I had some friends that had just become remote as their company started the telework programs recently. And they were like, on these calls, how do you know people are paying attention? And I'm like, well, the video's on and we're all looking at each other. And they were like, well, we don't use video. And I said, well, look, step one into the remote world is turning the camera on. And, and the benefits for me, you know, I spent years at technology companies that had the technology. It wasn't a matter of not having a camera in the laptop or not having the, you know, video conferencing software and, and capabilities. It just wasn't in the culture to always have your video on. And, and for me, that was an unlock in, into remote working. Let's talk a little bit about your sales team and, and the tools and resources you use to manage your distributed team around the world. So a CRM is crucial to managing sales, for sure. You, you need to know where your deals are at any stage of the pipeline. And so while we don't use Salesforce as a part of our part of the organization, our enterprise business does, we have a very complex and a very strong internally produced system that is is used across the board. The other aspect of that is it provides us the the luxury, if you will, of really diving deep into where we are in a particular part of a funnel. Sales is very process oriented, very very process driven. Even the enterprise level relationship management type of less tactical or less transactional type of sale is also driven by process. The steps are just a little different. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to measure, are you making progress? And milestones are important to that. And how are we progressing against those milestones? So being able to have access to both our pipeline, the state of our pipeline, but then heavy, heavy metrics that is very much like mission control to give you early indicators and warning lights and flashing signals and things that tell you that all things being equal, if this keeps up, you're going to either far exceed your expectations and you're going to blow through your goal, or you're going to start falling short. And here, by the way, is how much we expect you're going to fall short. And it drives you both to take corrective action quickly, but also allows you then to determine quick actions that you can do to help compensate for that. So that by the time you get to the end of your month or the end of your quarter, you've already taken corrective action on the, the early indicator, but you've also found other ways to, to sell yourself out of the predicament that you may have found yourself in by those indicators themselves. So that visibility is important. Visibility across from the individual rep side to team leadership to executive leadership, having dashboards and having that visibility on there is crucial. And I would suggest that remote or not, any organization can benefit from this. And I don't think there's any difference into the way a distributed sales team or remote sales team operates and functions as successfully than any other organization that has the same teams in office. Now, let's talk a little bit about leadership teams. One of the structures that 
a lot of companies have is that their head execs are all in in one place from a location perspective in in the head office or the HQ. How do you work with the other cross-functional leaders in this distributed environment saying, hey, look, the sales, it's signaling that, you know, we're going to be short or we're going to be overperforming. And how is that different than, say, all the executives sitting in an HQ? Because I think that's one of the things that managers and executives are, are struggling with. Not only are the line workers and certain people distributed, now their executive management team is distributed. You've got the ability now to have a fully distributed executive team, first of all. So you mentioned all the executives in one office. Well, that limits you to everybody that wants to live in that city or fly into that city on a very regular basis. We've got executives all over the world. We've got folks in Europe and South America and across North America, and they're all on the executive team and they all don't live in the same area. I think the closest executive to me is in San Antonio, about three, three and a half hours away. And even that doesn't, you know, allow me to walk into her office and and pop in to to say hello. (laughs) So having the executive team across the globe, think about the diversity and the ability to tap into expertise globally. So the model by which the remote workforce operates at all levels certainly extends to the leadership level. So now you've got global representation on there. And not to mention, of course, the representation across North America. So I'll start with that. Overall, we don't have a head of remote. Nobody's in charge of remote workforce. Everybody's in charge of it. So in that sense, everybody operates in the same model and everyone operates with the same expectations of being available to each other, full transparency, accountability, and trust. And the communication of what happens at my part of the organization or somebody else's part of the organization is very easily communicated across the Slack channel, through a dashboard, through a stand-up, very much like you may do in an in-office environment. But I would suggest that in an in-office environment, you're usually coordinating around somebody's very busy schedule to try to find that 15, 20 minutes where you can end a meeting early drop into another meeting and you know have a quick discussion on it and then you know go back and divert back to your regular schedules. Here the culture is really determining and dictating the ability for us to very quickly and easily communicate across the executive team, highlight actions and take corrective action where needed because of the instant availability and the instant access to numbers and communication and awareness. It's in the DNA. It's a way that we operate. It's a way that when somebody highlights a factor that's going to impact my business, I have the sense to be aware of it, to recognize, to understand, to respond quickly, and then to be able to take action and then make a decision in a very dynamic situation about where to prioritize time. That's one of the interesting things when I was talking to Tasso, the CEO of TopTal, is that autonomy and accountability are something that are is critical to the culture. I mean, you, you feel in once you, you get the information empowered to do what you need to do for the business versus I think some more location-based businesses, to your point, are waiting for that meeting, right? Or waiting to get everybody together into the room before somebody feels that they can, can take a step or take corrective action. It does take time to get, the, to get folks together. So there's your number one constraint there. And the structure of your organization, while, I mean, the structure of TopTal is very, very much like every other 
organization. I mean, you've got heads of business units and you've, you've got players of management and, and folks that are empowered to, to make decisions and be responsible and, and own their various portions of the business. But without the ability to rally quickly and communicate quickly, you have that pause and the structure of the organization, not in its organizational structure become, isn't the limit. It's the structure of the communication flow of the organization becomes your limit. And when you're in a remote distributed environment, you have to communicate quickly. You have to always be available, always available to, to listen, understand, and react. And the nature of not being in the office forces your workflow and your communication backbone to, to operate that way. How do you promote a sense of work-life balance in a remote structure, especially in a fully distributed global structure that also allows you to deliver what clients need? One of the things that people are talking about right now is the idea that now I'm working from home and now the boundaries are, are really blurry. I'm learning work-life balance in a brand new way. And I might've already thought it was challenging when I was driving to the office and had a a more structured way of dividing work and home. So work-life balance can be a challenge in any environment. And certainly in a remote environment, one of the initial pitfalls of being remote, whether it's you've been relocated to your sales territory from the home office, you're starting up in a new sales territory outside the home office, or you are now a newly remote employee is setting the boundary because the office is right there. We hope your office isn't in your bedroom, but sometimes that happens too due to space constraints. But at the end of the day, really need to set aside an area that is devoted and dedicated to work, which is very much like the representation of getting in the car and leaving and going to the office and then getting in the car and leaving and coming home from the office. So there is definitely an initial challenge there because there's always enough to do and your work comes home with you pretty quickly and pretty pretty easily if the boundaries aren't set. One thing that certainly helps combat this feeling is to make sure that the organization is staffed appropriately. So if you have time zone constraints, make sure we're staffing for time zones and not expecting just because people are working at home means that they're always available at 10 o'clock in the evening to have a call with Asia or to to support a client in Asia that would be better suited with a a local time representative. The other thing is there is a lot of asynchronous work. And one of the beauties of remote work is to have the ability to be productive when you are most productive as an individual. And sometimes there are challenges and sometimes there are things at home that need to be taken care of, whether it's a sick child or taking a, a child to work or sorry, taking a child to school. I was like, hey, that's, that's impressive. That, that's tough. Well, how, you know, how do you, you take gotta, a child? You gotta get them, get, get them where you can get them. Right. You know, like there's a there's staffing shortage out there in the world. No, I'm, I'm thinking like my five and six year old man. I'm like, hang on. I think they can press these buttons and talk. Yes. I think future cold callers is, a, is, is <laughs> what we generally call our, our, our new additions to our, our sales teams, households, but being able to, to set those boundaries and take a break and don't get all consumed because productivity is certainly relative to your ability to enjoy what you do, certainly relative to your ability to have a sustainable workday. And communication, again, is, is going to be key. If you need to pick up your kids from school in the afternoon, 
just let people know that that's what you're doing. You're not available at that time. Let people know when you are available. Let people know when you aren't available. If you need to eat lunch to reset, put your availability notice on Slack that says, hey, I'm eating lunch and I'll be slow to respond until I'm done. Those areas can prevent burnout. Those areas can really prevent feelings of isolation where if you're being all consumed by your job at home, then that's certainly uh, something that will contribute to those feelings of isolation or the difficulties of moving from an in-office environment to a remote environment. I've been talking to a lot of people who are just making the move now based on what's going on in the world. And it's been really interesting how introspective they are about the opportunity to rethink their relationship with work. And I think what you said resonates with what I'm hearing is that people still want to be very productive, but it's this idea of flexibility that is important. Flexibility doesn't mean I'm going to work less. In fact, in some cases, it might mean I'm going to work more, but it does mean now that the structure of I drive to work in traffic at nine and I drive home from work in traffic at five is gone, that the basic structure is gone. They're rethinking when they can get things done and when they're available. And I think you said something that's important for people to note is it's that transparency. It's that agency that you feel that you can let people know that, hey, look, I'm going to be gone for this period of time, but people still trust you that you, you know, are going to deliver on, on your commitments. Right. I mean, there's a lot of prioritization that goes on all the time. Being able to prioritize something that I can complete in the evening is very powerful into making sure that I can get through my day and address the things that need to be addressed when people are on. When I say people are on, I mean that they're online, they're, they're available. Because I've also got time zone constraints to worry about. And I'm going to really focus on making sure Europe gets what they need in my morning so that they can finish their day appropriately and really then defer more central, local things till later on in the afternoon. Then later in, late in the afternoon, if Australia needs something to, to be picked up, then I can a, a, accommodate and adjust there. The opportunity to set the boundary and determine that you know it's dinner time and leave the office is very important in any work environment. And it shouldn't be any less true in a distributed environment. The only difference is that you may have a little more flexibility to defer some things to a different time, a different period of the day. Maybe if you want to, if you need to take the time to, to go see a recital, you get that chance. You go see your kids perform and then you come back and you have the opportunity then to finish something up because you've deferred it for something that's going to make your holistic life more complete. At the end of the day, you know, work is part of your life. You are, have a portfolio of things that you do. Among them is your family, your personal time, your health. Very important thing to make sure you take care of your health when you're in a remote environment. Get up, walk, run, jog, get exercise, fresh air, and make sure that the the complete portfolio of what makes you as an individual is is supported by all facets of your life, including work. With that responsibility comes a lot of accountability, meaning that that you're now more responsible for taking care of those things versus a structure that a company may be trying to put in place for you when you're on location. If we look out 18 months from now. What do you think's changed in the way your clients, small business and mid-side business, get work done? What, what is the new normal? So many of our clients right now do understand what it means to work 
partially in a remote environment. And a lot of the remote work that they perform right now is development projects, things that generally could be outsourced or can be, can be worked on in possibly different time zones, different hours, things that are quite independent and self-contained. What we're going to see is that what makes those types of projects successful are very transferable to the everyday workday. What you're going to see is you're going to see companies that have more of a culture and a recognition of how to include remote work into their day-to-day. They're forced to do it now. They have to, to accommodate and really go through the motions of what does it take to keep this newly distributed workforce connected and engaged and accountable. And by having a little bit of that preview right now, as we talked about earlier, it becomes a lot easier for organizations to move to more of that model. It doesn't seem as disruptive as we thought in the past. The opportunity for companies then to find talent anywhere in the world, or at least anywhere in a time zone, or stretch their boundaries outside of of where they are now, become a lot more achievable. And I think we're going to see a a little bit more flexibility in companies leveraging folks that are not physically in the same city, physically in the same office, and are going to show an increase in productivity and efficiency across the workforce. I, I can tell you right now, from a sales standpoint, if the company adopts a culture of inclusiveness and a remote environment, just imagine the wealth of information and the wealth of connection that those remote field sales teams who are in the past have had to be self-sufficient from consulting and sales. I've been in my fair share of hotel lobbies and coffee shops, tethering my iPhone to my laptop and listening in on the conference call while the barista is, is making a latte. You know, those are, those are challenges that we've had to deal with even as, as field sales and consultants. And it'll become more normal and acceptable and just have a a deeper connection with everybody who's in the organization because of the environment that the remote landscape really requires you to have in order to be successful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. If there's a a person out there who's in sales or a small business that wants to reach out and, and like you said, get some of the expertise and learnings from you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can reach out to me at mike.dohan, D-O-W-H-A-N, at toptal.com, or you can send me a LinkedIn request, and I'd be happy to connect with you and discuss further. Mike, hey, thank you so much for your time. Paul, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you. I'm your host, Paul Estes. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the podcast, Top Tal's Rise of Remote. To hear more insights from TopTal executives on what it takes to lead the world's largest distributed company, head to toptal.com slash insights. Check out the playbook, as well as other articles that will help provide guidance during this time of unprecedented change.